1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big night in the Scottish Premiership. Rangers are held by Aberdeen in an incident-packed night at Pitodry. John Souter gets a frosty reception from sections of the Hearts support as they strengthen their hold on third. And elsewhere, big wins for Livingston, Ross County and St Mirren. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, you've got a full house, Andy Halliday, Marvin Bartley and Simon Dornley. Two of you were involved last night. One of you sat back and watched it from the comfort Two of your own that. home. Uh, so you can, you can be the neutral observer <laughs> from last night, Simon. It was uh, it was quite a night, wasn't it? It was, I It was, and uh, I thought Rangers would have it tough, at Pataudry in particular, and it proved to be the case. Uh, a questionable penalty, and then 30 seconds later, Rangers get their noses in front with a good goal. And I think Aberdeen after that, you know, credit to them. You know, they, they responded really well. Their heads could have went down, you know, not getting the penalty and then so quickly going one behind. But they, they kind of stuck with it and probably deserved the point in the end. Go on then, you two can wax lyrical about <laughs> your own teams briefly. You've got 15 seconds each. No, we were good. Really, really good in the second half especially. Uh, first half, we kind of, there's a bit of ring rust from us. Um, but in the second half, the boys are fantastic. And, you know, Max nearly dropped one in the goal. And then, you know, about 30 seconds later, he's, he's saving an unbelievable shot from Griff. So, nah, really happy with it. Clean sheet and, you know, to get three points. Yeah, going into the game last night, we always felt it was a big one. Uh, with obviously Hibs going to Parkhead and, and Aberdeen playing Rangers and Motherwell going away. Yeah, a, a tough fixture against Ross County. We always felt if we got a win last night, we could start to see a little bit of a daylight between us and fourth place, and that that, that seemed to be the case. And yeah, it was uh, pretty comfortable in the night. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to a couple of yeah. talking points on it as well. Yeah, did, did you boo John Suter as well, or <laughs> would you? Will we get to that a bit later a- on? Absolutely not. We'll deal with that later on. Uh, overall, though, Andy, it was it promised to be a big night, didn't it? We've been starved for a few weeks. Of course, Celtic kicked it off. Uh, earlier on in the week and then we had the five big games fans back in obviously at the top of the table Rangers heading to Pataudry always a massive game but it was, it was just big games throughout it felt like a big night didn't it? Yeah and let's face it Rangers and Celtic have been flying for a number of weeks now but you know you felt going into this week with you know Celtic playing a uh, a never improving Hibs team at home and, and Rangers going away to Aberdeen who have also had an upturn in performances that you know there was there was scope there at one of them we dropped points uh, turned out to be Rangers you know based on the game I, I didn't think it was a great sceptical but I thought I thought that Aberdeen fully merited what they got because I don't think Rangers were, were anywhere near at it Yeah the number you need tonight is 01419511025 so much to get through you must have something to share with the panel because there was a lot happening last night Rangers fans Aberdeen fans what did you make of the game Rangers fans what happened performance level wise was that a bit below uh, what you've come to expect why was that what was wrong with the performance uh, what about the refereeing decisions Aberdeen felt they should have had a penalty Rangers felt Ryan Kent shouldn't have been sent off there was balls getting blown off the penalty spot it always <laughs> lives up to high drama uh, when these sides meet at Pataudry so pick up the phone right now and let us know 01419511025 or of course you can tweet at Clyde SSB And that was just one of five big games So there is a lot to get through What about John Souter's reception? We'll get Andy's expert insight on that a bit later on Marvin's here to cover off all things Livy, Hibs, anything else you might want And Simon, like I said, sat and watched it last night And of course was at Celtic Park earlier this week So pick up the phone And let the guys know what is on your mind Let's hear from Alec first up 
who's in Airdrie. As a Rangers fan, Alec, what, what did you make of last night? Well, um, first of all, as a Rangers fan, let me say I didn't think the Rangers' performance was uh, was all that great. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if uh, if we've got to depend on um, Eaton and um, the other fella to come on and try and win the game for us, I think we're uh, we've got a bit of work to do. However, that, that's that's not the real uh, reason for my call. The uh, reason mainly is I thought the referee was incompetent um, and, and, and the most glaring example of his incompetence was the fact that he virtually allowed Scott Brown to referee that game last night. Um, it's, it's, and, uh, Scott Brown's behaviour uh, overall was, was despicable. I mean, his behaviour at the time when when uh, Ryan Kent was was sent off. I mean, who does this guy think he is who, who, to to make gestures which are virtually um, they're certainly unsporting and and would bring the bring the game into disrepute. I mean, who does this guy think he is? Every time there was a decision made, it uh, was in the referee's face. He was pushing people around, including the referee. How is he allowed to get away with that? Was he pushing the referee around? Yeah. I, I must. I didn't catch that bit. Did any of you guys see him push the ref? Uh, listen, there is there is a lot to get through. Don't get me wrong. I just wasn't sure if that was something I had missed. Um, right. Well, let's start, Alec. Which incident do you want to start on? What what one? Well. <laughs> The, 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 when, when Ryan Kent was, was cautioned mm-hmm. um, when Ferguson quite deliberately kicked the ball I, um, I know that the law says that you shouldn't encroach Kent wasn't uh, uh, to my, to my mind well, that, that was Hadji I think they got booked for that early on Kent's first booking was when he sort of went We'll, we'll, we'll let the guys decide or describe it if there was much in it with um, Johnny Hayes it was uh, mm-hmm. right Marvin what do you think? Ryan Kent, should he have been sent off? No, um, as simple as that for me. I think the first one, the referee can give them both a warning. Um, I don't think you know, there's any need for, for a booking. Um, if he decides to book them, then fair enough. But the second one for me is, is, is diabolical, um, to be honest. I think the referee's in a fantastic position. I think he gets himself into a really, really good position. And if you're not sure on the contact, then you can't be sending a player off. Um, for me, there, there was no contact. Um, you see players do it though in every game you know what Brown did you know you play the ball forward and you go down I've done it myself um, but from the referee's point of view um, if he doesn't see the contact you can't send a player off so for me the simple answer is no it shouldn't have been sent off Ryan Kent wrong decision to send them off Andy that instant in, in particular yeah I think it's uh, you go as far as saying it's the two softest bookings I've seen for, for a while Um and again like Marvin says I think Scott Brown's been clever on trying to buy the contact and, and Kevin Clancy's fell for it Simon Fullhouse yeah, I, I agree with the boys in, in, in certain respects, but I'm watching that game. I could see that coming. And if I'm Ryan Kent and I'm on a yellow card, albeit being soft, I agree with the, the initial yellow card being soft, I'm not putting I'm not putting myself in there. How many times do we see somebody, play, up the line, somebody play up the line and the, and the forward's closing it down and the, and the follow-through makes contact? Scott Brown makes the most of it. I'm not denying that, but i seen it coming. i seen it coming and then he gives an opportunity... For the referee to make a decision 
Uh, well Alec you've got the guys agreeing Certainly on that one What about Scott Brown I don't think Alec has got Scott Brown posters on his wall That would just be a, a guess He says he's bringing the game into disrepute Would we go that far? No I wouldn't go that far Listen Scott Brown's one of those players That you'd love to have him on your team And you, you hate to play against him It's as simple as that And you know Alec saying You know he's going around And refereeing the game it, it happens You know he is that kind of figure And he seems to You know referees seem to listen to him Etc etc But as I said You'd love to have him against uh, Sorry on your side You really really would So you know, I'm not one to complain about that. You know, I don't think he's overstepped the mark. He, he's Scott Brown doing Scott Brown things, really. Alec, what do you think? Well, first of all, I don't agree with uh, 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 Marvin there saying that that's what Scott Brown does. Yeah, he does it, but he shouldn't be allowed to do it because the referee should be telling him, hey, I'm refereeing the game, just you uh, back off. I don't know how many times he, he stuck his he stuck his nose in to, to 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 a time when decisions were being made, and at that point the referee should have told them to go away. He was dealing with it, but no, Brown had to get in there as he does all the time, and he 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 just he just gets away with it all the time, and it's on it's verging on unsporting behaviour. There's no question about it. As far as Ken's first booking was concerned. Ferguson Ferguson knew exactly what he was doing Alec, I said this a second ago I think you're getting the incidents mixed up That was Hadji that got booked for for blocking the short free kick Kent's first booking was when he and Johnny Hayes were having a wee discussion And Kevin Clancy thought it was a, was a bit too aggressive uh, Thank you to Alec Kinnairdry It's 01419511025 Giovanni Van Bronker says A few of the decisions last night could have been different If we had VAR However, he says they just need to accept the calls made by Kevin Clancy Something tells me that won't catch on Between now and 8 <laughs> o'clock But let's hear from the Rangers manager anyway A really tough game We scored I think in the right moment Because you know the whole stadium uh... That's the wrong one This is what you're after If you don't have far, You know the decision uh, Which is made by the referee Is the decision that, that counts And of course you know uh, If you have far And and we'll get every angle You know with the case With the long ball And, and uh, with, with Ellen in the first half no, maybe it's different. I don't know. With the penalty, we saw the wind. You know, it's windy here. We saw the ball moving, and you know, maybe with far it's had to be taken over. But you know, it's the way it is. We have to uh, accept the decisions by the referee and and move on. It's a physical game with a lot of tackles. You know, with a lot of duels. So you you know, there's going to be yellow cards uh, on both sides. It's uh, it's a decision uh, by the ref. I think uh, you know, he just got booked a little bit before, so. You know, every every chance, you know, uh, you make a foul. You know, the the the, the fans will uh, we're gonna we're gonna scream. It's normal in a place like this. So, but you know, with with ten men, I think we uh, we did well and worked hard to uh, to get the point. We're learning a little bit about Giovanni van Bronker's style there, Andy. Certainly on the Ryan Kent one, it feels like most people would agree there's enough for him to be angry at if if he wants to. Um, the ball moving in the penalty spots a bit. One of these, I, I have not really seen that too often. One of these yeah. kind of freak incidents, um, but pretty calm, level-headed. You know, saying, "Look, we just need to accept it." And you know, he wasn't. He wasn't too. Put it this way, he wasn't as angry as Alec was. Yeah, Hearts uh, and Rangers have got to look at the bigger picture off the back of nine straight league wins, uh, and they're going to a, a tough team in uh, Aberdeen at Petardry. It's never an easy place to go for any team in the league, uh, and I think it's been a pretty well. It has been a faultless start for for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst going into the the campaign so far. And if that's his only disappointing 
uh, mark upon it I think he'll take that but I think not only the result I think he'll be more frustrated than the performance I thought Rangers were very passive within the game uh, although I don't think Aberdeen were great I do think they controlled large parts of the game in terms of you know ball possession and you look at the the end of the game, how many clear-cut chances did Rangers create out with the goal? You're, you're talking to them. I mean, I mean, Amarelos sort of wonder effort from a corner that, that Joe Lewis tips over the bar, but out with that, yeah, I, I think I don't think Rangers deserve to get the three points. That that'll always be the the difference, or should be the difference, Marvin, between management and fans. Fans tonight are thinking about Kevin Clancy, and they're very angry, uh, judging by the look of this phone and the Twitter feed. Giovanni van Bronckhurst ain't sitting at home thinking about Kevin Clancy tonight. He's thinking about. Why was the Rangers' performance off it, and what can I do to make it better? Of course, because as the manager, you can only control the controllables. You know, he doesn't have time to worry about the referee. Doesn't have time to speak about decisions after the game because it will make no difference. So, as you said, he has to have a cool head. You know, what he's thinking internally um, and what he lets out externally will be two different things. But you know, he'll be planning now for the next game. And like you said, looking at that game and saying, "Well, why weren't we at our best? You know, why weren't we brilliant again?" And it's it's always difficult coming after a break like the the winter break because it's a lot easier to sit behind the ball than it is to attack and try and break teams down. So, you know, I think he put part of it down to that as well. Mm. But, you know, he won't be panicking. He's still top of the league. Uh, Kenny's a Rangers fan. What's on your mind after last night, Kenny? Well, um, the first... Uh, good evening, everybody. Start with, right? Yeah, um, the first caller stole a lot of my thunder. I totally agreed with him. And just with all these points, the last time I've seen anybody referee a game like that, who wasn't a referee, it was probably when Miller and McLeish were the other day. They used to be brilliant at it. Now, from the very first and second minutes last night, first foul of the game for a Rangers player, he was right over in the ref's face, non-stop all night. I thought it was shocking. Um, the referee was atrocious. I mean, I'm no Rangers didn't deserve really anything of that game last night. The second half, we fell right out of the game. The first half, we won the great. But the second half, we fell right out of the game. I think we've played right in the Aberdeen's hands Why do you think that was, Kenny? It's just been so positive so far since the manager came in Results have been excellent What what was different last night? I don't think we ever come out of A couple of weeks break In great form, no matter I mean, two years ago When we fully, well, did fully away we, we were in the lead Coming out of the winter break And then we had a horrendous Time from January till the, the league was stopped, including a terrible result against Hearts in the Cup and numerous bad games, I think, including Hamilton beating us at Ibrooks. And even last year, um, when we came out of the Women's League, we came out the January break and we still would have a hot top for them again. And then, I think it was after the, the, I think it was after the break last year when Hamilton drew with us. Um, and played us off the park for half an hour um, I don't know I was hoping uh, with a different manager now and a different coaching team that the I don't know if it's slankness or not prepared wouldn't come into it as much I mean Andy teams can go to Pataudry get held to a draw and go and win the league obviously it's, I mean, it's a tough place to go you're simply not going to go and win every single game of football so the, I guess the question now whilst this is annoying for, for fans like Kenny was it an off night or is it a worrying sign of, of things to come? Most no. at this point would imagine it was an off night and we'd it, be find out. It was only last week we were, we were talking about how good a start it was yeah. for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's team and like I said, nine straight wins. But it always feels a catastrophe for any old firm team if they drop points. Uh, but like I said, it was more the manner of the uh, of the performance that I think will be worrying. But you look at 
I mean, they've, the, the start they've had, they've went to tough places like, you know, Livingston, Hibs, Hearts. They, they, they've obviously went away at Petodre now, so they've had some tough uh, tough fixtures within that and, and really came out the other side of it. But the bigger picture is Rangers have had one league defeat in 60. I mean, if that's a, a case for worrying signs, mm. then I don't know what game we're in. Did the performance surprise you, Marvin? And, and like Andy says, even if that is because the bar's been set so high, fine. It's not doesn't need to be a huge criticism, but did the performance surprise you? It didn't it didn't surprise me because it's difficult to be, you know, the play the Rangers way every single game. You know, you have to remember Aberdeen, you have to respect them. They've got very, very good players there. And out with playing Celtic, it's probably the last game that Gio would have wanted coming mm. out of the break. It's a very, very difficult fixture when you're in the midst of things, let alone coming off the back of a break. So you have to give Aberdeen credit as well. You know, they had a game plan, they implemented the game plan. You know, the callers are talking about Scott Brown, the way he went about his business, but he also played really, really well. You know, he just wasn't just in the referee's face. He actually performed really well as well. So, listen, there's no need to panic. It's, it's one game, they've drawn the game, just move on. Kenny, do you think Aberdeen should have had a penalty before they yeah. got one? Um, I think it was a penalty, yeah. The one with uh, McGregor. Yep. Yeah, I would have said that was a penalty, yep. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I thought the referee was quite poor and quite a lot of his decision-making uh, became a bit card-happy. Um but, I mean, one thing before I go, um, Scott Brown, to me, never been a fan of Scott Brown, obviously, as a Rangers reporter. Um, admire him for certain things. Um, but uh, I think he liked Sheldon last night, the way he reacted with, the, with Ryan Kent and a couple of other things. I mean, he's made, a, he's made his name for his style in Scottish football over the years. He's been a no-nonsense no midfielder. And, by the way, before I go any further, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but we have to remember, we were without maybe a full midfield last night. There was no Stephen Davis, there was no Scott Arfield, there was no Ryan Jack, there was no Joe Rebo. You know, that's a big lot to take for any team to loss. But for him to roll about last night when there was stick to no contact, could you imagine somebody like Graeme Souness or that back in the day, hitting the deck, rolling about? No, as soon as, even if you had been caught, he would have rather got up with his leg hanging off rather than show you weakness that you've hurt him you know what I mean but I lost any respect I had for Scott Brown last night to be honest with you did he let himself down Marvin no as I said earlier you know he's, play, he's playing the game he really really is and, and players do it all the time and Kenny I'm sure you've been at Ibrox and you know you've seen a Rangers player that it happens constantly you know at least once a game a player clears the ball somebody runs across him it's up to the referee to make the right decision um, you know Scott Brown's did what he's done but the referee has to get it right Ryan Kent hasn't even lifted his foot up so if you've got any anger, it shouldn't be directed at Scott Brown. It should be directed at the decision because at the end of the day, he didn't make the decision. 01419511025. Keith's up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly, Marvin Bartley, Andy Halliday all here for you tonight on 01419511025. Uh, got some very interesting news for you, Rangers fans. Might interest you Celtic fans as well Because there's a certain meeting of the sides coming up And Alfredo Morelos is ruled out He has been called up by Colombia Which means he will miss that old firm game Of course Celtic already have high profile issues in that area We don't even know if Kyogo's fit But but if he is, uh, perhaps he'd get a call up The other Japanese players as well Tom Rogic You might get a game yet Simon <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about that Not sure about that Quite something though isn't it Because we've been building up to this game For for, for so long And the significance of it And now it's I don't know what, Where are we Is it going to be who blinks first Are Celtic going to ask for a postponement Are they not 
uh, it's just as it seems to seem from our point of view, we're selfish, right? These, yeah. te- these teams have got their priorities. From our selfish point of view, it's going to be a shame to have so many players missing. Well, ideally, Gordon, you want Rangers' best team against Celtic's best team. That's you know, and we've been waiting on it. Everybody's been waiting on it with bated breath. It's been put back to the second. Potentially, could get put back further now. But I would like to see Rangers' strongest team against Celtic's strongest. Andy, that will be obviously a blow, I would imagine, um, given. His resurgence under the new manager? Yeah, I think it's spot on. I think no no player on the Rangers side's had a, a bigger upturn in performances, uh, more so than Alfredo Morelos. He obviously just got player of the month for, for December yeah. there. And, uh, you know, for missing the old firm game, is going to be a massive blow to Rangers. Uh, Keith is on the line. Keith, you were already uh, hanging on. Let me just throw that one on you, if you don't mind, since you're, you're first through. No Alfredo Morelos for the Celtic game. What do you make of that? Well, maybe maybe Rangers should, should try a Celtic and. Try and get the game postponed. What's the, the th- it's a threshold of three, isn't it? But so it would be a rebo and they have Kmart Roof for Jamaica as well. Yeah. They play. So yeah, if he goes, be, it yeah, could be. be um, is it ever going to get to the case where, uh, where they just both get round the table and both ask for a postponement, <laughs> or is it gonna, they're going to wait until the other one does it so <laughs> they can say ha, running scared? That's what's going to happen, isn't it? We're going to just argue about this for weeks. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely going to happen. Like I say, who blinks first? But you know, I'm with Simon. You want the two best teams playing against each other. You don't want any star players mm-hmm. missing. You know, let, let's move it. I think one or two, Andy. You know, you were you accept you sign players from the other end of the world. That that can happen. <clears throat> that's going to be quite a list. I mean, let, let's assume Kyogo is fit, which I, I, I'm not sure he is right. But but if he is, you're looking at Kyogo, Atati, Maeda, Rogic, Morelos, Aribo. Fixture starts to, and they've both got big squads, obviously, but it looks a bit different, then, doesn't it? Yeah, it's certainly not the spectacle that that we want to see as fans, and, and you know, there's there's no better advert for Scottish football than the old Fulham game. It's the fixture in, in Scotland that's watched across the world. So if that's the case, you obviously want the best players playing and fans in the stadium. And you know, at this rate, I don't think either team will have half a team. <laughs> or is it a chance to? Someone to, to step in Like I said They do have big squads Robbie it's not McCrory like, up front <laughs> <laughs> Cedric Eaton Just been called back From his loan spell Fashion Sakala is there Are we, are we overdoing it? Do you, should we get on with it? Listen I've looked at the You look at the, the English Premiership Last week with I think it was Arsenal Calling the game off And I think they'd won Covid test And everything else Was injuries And international Due to African nations And, stu- and such And I did kind of Part of me did sit there And say well They have squads big enough to accommodate that And they should just go on with it So I'm maybe being a wee bit Hypocritical But The reason being mm. as, as Andy says It's a spectacle It's our, our biggest game In this country mm. And you would like to see The better players Or, or your, your first 11 Against yeah. uh, Rangers First 11 yeah, Big thanks to the Colombian Football Federation We didn't have enough Talking points for tonight So let's extend the show Till midnight on that one uh, If you've got any thoughts Keep them coming Keith like I said You were already through uh, To discuss last night What did you What was on your mind? Yeah let's Panels, just to follow up from the previous callers, like <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Scott Brown's been a a thorn in Rangers' side for long enough, and these guys, they're professional footballers. They know they know we're going to get from them, and yet a bit of discipline. They need discipline. Yeah, do these things. I, if I was a Rangers fan last night, Andy, I'm pretty sure I would I would be frustrated as well. That's what these sort of pantomime villain types are, are like on the other team. Scott Brown last season, I assume, tried all this stuff as well and, and, and did all this stuff. But ultimately, Rangers' performance levels were such that no, no one speaks about it because they do their business. Yeah. 
People can try and put you off But we're so good We'll win the game And the rest of it is is noise It's irrelevance But when you're off it When you're off it Then it almost gets highlighted Because Rangers didn't win the game And there's a frustration in that And, and then it, Scott Brown's contributing to. Do, do you see what I mean? Is there a way of I think Keith's point yeah. is can, can you rise above it? Can you? I mean I don't even think it's just that I think every league in the world has a, has a player like Scott Brown that sort of feeds off fans energy and tries to go to other players just to get a sort of psychological edge and it's not it's not something you've not seen before and I think that ultimately I don't think it affected the Rangers players I don't think that's the reason Rangers never played so well and, and, and the biggest thing is I just think it's up to Kevin Clancy to officiate the game I think a couple of calls earlier says that he allowed Scott Brown to officiate the game I don't think that was the case I think it was just a no, a, a bit of psychological welfare and uh, I think that's all it was I always think if it stays on the pitch There's no harm in it mm. I mean I, I dare say Because to, to be fair The previous Rangers fans Said yeah hands up Aberdeen Should have had a penalty So if Scott Brown was reffing it He, he didn't do very well on that <laughs> On that one either Because he should have convinced Kevin Clancy That, that would be the, the take From the Rangers fan What did you make of that That incident should, Was that a penalty in yeah. your mind So obviously we had a game But I, I did see it after In the highlights And, and I thought it was a penalty um, you know, I didn't really understand why the referee didn't give it. Obviously, we have his reasons for not giving it, but for me, yeah, I, I think that's a penalty kick all day. So it's an all-round bad night for Kevin Clancy, is what we're saying. Which yeah. Andy, you will not hold back on because I think you've made your feelings clear in the past. But yeah. you have to, you have to be Let's, sensible. Yeah, I've got, this. I've, got to be I've got to try sit on the fence as much as I possibly can. Trust me, when at the day I retire, I can't wait to come on this show <laughs> and talk about certain individuals. But what I will say is that you talk about big incidents. I think. You know, people always talk about the standard fishing in Scotland. I don't think it's as bad as what people say. Uh, but um, I do think looking at the game last night, I try to watch it as much as I can. Uh, I always think what makes a good referee, because I think every every referee is going to make a mistake. I think they have to try and communicate with players as, as best as they can, try, try and discuss and, and conversate why they've made certain decisions. But a big thing for me is let the game flow as much as possible. You don't allow silly, t- you don't allow obviously bad tackles to go unpunished. Mm. But I'm watching the game last night it just seems as if there was a mm. there was a fill blue every minute or two you look at the game 28 fills in the game 9 bookings in the game and f- for what i seen it wasn't didn't really feel like a duck the game didn't feel like that uh, type of game Kenny the previous caller you know mentioned a reference to Graham Soonis Graham Soonis been the last 5 minutes in the game these days just the way it's officiated and I'm I don't want to say football's gone because I don't think it has but I mean some of the some of the some of the mm. fills are getting blown for these days is ridiculous. Especially especially in those games, Andy. Aberdeen Rangers has been notorious over the years for been a right feisty battle. Last mm. night wasn't really that. Wasn't that bad, was it? Was no. Eight cards or something and a red card in the game and I don't really remember there being that many bad fills in the game. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's like I, I don't think it's just Scotland. I think it's just yeah, football these days. Let's be honest, it's gone soft. Let's just put put it at the point as football's gone soft. <laughs> um this should be good though Are you going to admit That your big mate Should have been penalised And a penalty should have been given You're brave enough Have no, you checked no, if he's listening No it was a penalty yeah, yeah oh, It was right. a penalty I thought um, and, and to be honest it, it might be an unpopular uh, opinion But I actually thought In full float wasn't a penalty uh, Until I seen the replay And there was definitely Contact there I thought Ryan Hedges Just sort of Knocked it by And tried to hurdle the tackle mm. uh, But watching it back There was contact there and Yeah it was a penalty for me You'll be getting a phone call but, at 8 o'clock I, I'd like to put this To the boys right Because you know how I feel About the handball rule And by the law It's a penalty <sighs> It's a penalty by the law, but what what is happening with this handball rule? To, how can Alfredo Morelos get booked for somebody heading a ball off his hand for two yards? How can you get booked for that? I'm I'm with Andy on that, by the way. I don't know the rules anymore. But I've, but, I've it is, but but it's still by a penalty. The law, by the law, it's a penalty. Yeah. Come on, where, where are his hands meant well, to go? I, I don't know. It's, it's, there, it doesn't make any sense. There was one. Uh, what was the game? It was the 
the Spanish Super Cup at the weekend. I think the boy yeah. gets sent off as yeah. well. And and the the attacker headers it from a yard away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a kind of natural he's got his hand up and it hits now he, he gives away the penalty, as you say, it's a penalty. But the boy gets sent off as well. It's a double a double mm. dunt. So I'm I'm with Marv, I don't uh, understand some of the rules. It's uh, I think sometimes it's really harsh. The handball for me, yeah, that's that's the big one. We've seen three penalties given uh, over this round of fixtures for handball. <laughs> and honestly, I think there's a debate that all three of them are harsh. Mm. Uh, but by the letter of law, yeah. the way it is just now and the way it's officiated, it's the penalties. I think players are now sort of take having to take that in the chin like there wasn't much protest yeah. from I, Alfredo Morelos or anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And and also, I'd like to get Marvin's opinion on this, being a coach now as well. I, I, I hate seeing players go to block crosses with a hand behind their back. I yeah. hate it. I hate it because you're not set if somebody tries to take you on or go one way or another. But you can see why people do it. Yeah, they're just trying to pull their hands out. But I'm, I'm with you again. You just have to defend and like, like normal and hope if it does hit your hand, the referee doesn't give a penalty. But the old hands behind the back for me, no yeah. chance. You know, if I see one of the defenders doing that, then I'll be speaking to the gaffers to try and get them off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have that. Uh, Stephen Glass. Glass agrees with you lot. He thinks Aberdeen uh, were denied a penalty before they got one. I, I feel like we should have got three. Uh, you go a goal behind to the reigning champions. It's, it's always a good point, but we're frustrated that we didn't get three. You got a penalty in the first half. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the one part of the game that we switched off for ten seconds, twenty seconds, and you get punished against the right good team. So. That's, that's the one thing we can question the players on tonight, but everything else was fantastic. Their, their effort, their quality, their energy, uh, even before that, two incidents, uh, and then in the second half. So I'm, I'm pleased with the boys, but I'm, I'm disappointed for them that they don't get what they really deserved. Did you get any placement from the officials on the panel? I don't even look for one anymore. Uh, I... The linesman said there wasn't enough contact for a penalty, and the referee said there was no contact, but... Um, I won't waste my time asking for explanations. Sometimes makes it worse, doesn't it? I know. Well, I know you guys are, are more than entitled to ask. Um, <laughs> how can right? Whether you think it's a penalty or not, yeah. How can you say there's no contact? <laughs> that that would be the thing that would that would just annoy me. I'd wish I hadn't asked the question then, because fine, if you if you can come up with a different justification and say I don't think it was a penalty because X, Y, or Z, but how can you say there was no contact between McGregor and Hedges? And that is, like you said, that is the problem. You know, it, on the side, but especially like even playing last season, I remember there's an incident and. You know, I said to the referee, that, that's not a foul. And he said, 100% there's contact. And looking back, there was no contact. I don't mind a referee saying, you know, I think there was contact because he'll make mistakes, we'll make mistakes, everyone will make mistakes. Yeah, split it, second yeah, and all that. We exactly. That, yeah. But when they say stuff like that, like there was no contact there, you know, is he going to call, you know, Aberdeen up and say, do you know, I was wrong about it? I very much doubt it. Very much doubt it. Uh, thank you, Keith and Argyle. It was nice to hear from you. Let's bring in Serge, who's a Rangers fan uh, from Glasgow. What's your main takeaway from last night, Serge? No, no, no. Listen, you can put it much better than we can. Take it away. These are Rangers fans last night. Right? The referee was bad. Uh, referees have a split second decisions to make. They carry on with Scott Brown as well. And the referee's performance, it takes away from the fact Rangers just weren't good enough last night. We've won, I think, eight in the bounce. We were through, due to drop points. Right? Everything else is a side show for me. At the end of the day, it was a bad night for Rangers. Uh, if you want to be uh, to the letter of the law, I'll agree with Andy. I didn't think McGregor touched him. We have seen the replay and there's contact. It's apparently uh, Scott Brown. Uh, Scott Brown, Scott Brown. The penalty, do I like that handball rule? No, but it's apparently. Uh, should Hazel be sent off for an elbow? 
and a hand in uh, Parasuchi's face in front of the linesman. Aye, should the penalty have been retaken? Aye. But let's, I'm a Rangers fan. We don't moan about stuff like this. Rangers fans can see we didn't play well. End of. We got away with a point. We'll leave that to the other side of Glasgow to moan about referees' decision. And we did have a manager, the previous manager, who was been doing that road. A manager says everything perfectly in his interview. We didn't play well enough. End of. We can talk about referees' decision. To me, I took the last night, we just didn't play enough to get the three points. End of. We can talk about decisions and Scott Brown and this, that, and the next thing. We just didn't play well enough That's me as a Rangers fan yeah. I mean the first few Rangers fans Don't quite agree Serge <laughs> they, they, were, they were unhappy about the refs So I don't think it's um, Exclusive to what team you support About complaining about refs However I'm glad we got a call like that Serge Because we, we get there eventually Serge says it was a You know it's a sideshow It took away from From Rangers performance um, I mean listen People are entitled to be angry about refs Totally but That's Is that Is that the bigger picture For, for the players yeah. For the management Yep, I agree with Serge with almost everything. I don't think the Hayes incident, I, I, I don't think that was deliberate. Mm. Uh, I think Serge said that he reckoned it was a red card, but everything else, I agree with him. I think Van Bronckhurst, very level headed, very very calm after the game. Uh, what was it about the performance? What, what, what was well, listen, so Gordon, under par about it? I, I tipped one of Celtic Rangers to drop points because I didn't think Celtics was foregone conclusion either on, on, on Monday night I think coming back from three three weeks off new players in Hibs are capable of hurting Rangers and Celtic as I've shown before they've got players there that can go and hurt them so I, d- I thought somebody was going to slip up but going to Pitodri is difficult it's difficult and Stephen Glass has went through a, a sticky start to his, his tenure there but he's he's got them Working hard It wasn't a great game But it's, it's always difficult mm. If you come away from Pitodja With three points Regardless of who you are It's success Now They got their noses in front After the The, the, the questionable Well it was a penalty In my opinion They go up the park And they score a good goal They get their noses in front But I don't think they do enough After that They, they almost yeah. sat in And tried to play in the break I almost feel Simon That that's a sort of it seems as if that's the way sort of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is sort of setting his team up now in the in yeah. the bigger games. I can only speak from first of hand uh, when when Rangers came to Tynecastle and they, you know, they start very quickly. They go two 0 up and then after that it was almost as if right, okay, come try and break us down. And yeah. if you try, we'll hit you in the counter attack. That 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 was the way it looked to me yeah. watching the game last night. Yeah. And to be to be honest, I don't think for all the possession Aberdeen had. At 1-0 something like that can happen mm-hmm. And it proved to be the case And they get, and then when Aberdeen get their tails up And they've got the, the extra man mm-hmm. Then they look as if they're a wee bit more yeah. dangerous Was that reflected Maybe I'm just jumping on one substitution But you know Scott Wright came off And John Lundstrom come on That's not, obviously not by definition A sort of attacking change Was there a bit of a feel about that? Was there a lack of kind of creativity in, in the final third? Yeah but the manager trying to control the game You know as, as the lads touched on there That they do start really, really fast. But one thing that Rangers aren't able to do, and I don't think there's a team out there that's able to do, is play at the level Rangers do at the start throughout the whole 90 minutes. It's very, very difficult to do that. At some point, as Simon said, you're going to have to give up possession, which they're happy to do, and then hit you on a counter-attack. You know, once Rangers go in front, it's, they don't normally get pegged back. Obviously, it happened last night. They do normally sit off it. Then they hit you on a counter-attack, and then it's two minutes three. 
You know, John Lundstrom, he's obviously put him in there to get control of the game a bit more than, you know, Wright's more of an attacking, creative player. John Lundstrom's more like box-to-box, but, you know, it kind of, it didn't work for them yesterday. It's but. just one game so far, Andy, so, you know, it can just be an off night, mm-hmm. but it was the first one without Joe Rebo, who's been yep. Rangers' main creative force, so I think the hope we had Rangers fans on last night saying... I think that's, I think know, that's key, I, I, I hope, I hope Ryan Kent steps up to the plate, or I hope someone... but in Because you wouldn't say Rangers defended badly last night, would you? No. It no. was fine, but who, who was, without that, who was creating? Without that, to go and something yeah. they have other players of course they have Kent puts a great ball in for Hadji for the first goal but Rebo's been the top player yeah, mm. brilliant so yeah you know when he's not in the team Aberdeen will be looking at that and going you know we might have a chance here tonight yeah. I don't uh, listen it, it, it wouldn't have took a, a drop points to for any of us to tell you how important yeah. Joe Rebo's been mm-hmm. to Rangers uh, I think out with James Tavernier I think he's a, he, he's got the, the most successful Rangers this season but not only that seems as if it's almost every week we're talking about how he's been their best player he's certainly been Rangers standout performer this season and I think obviously without without him and the team Rangers are a lot weaker Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals Thank you to Sirs. Let me tell you about this This is exciting This week we launched A brand new competition On Clyde One Super Scoreboard Where you could win A huge cash prize At the end of the season It's Super Scoreboard's Golden Goals And it's very simple You'll like this gentleman Right Every time Celtic or Rangers score I'm going to add £250 into the pot. Now, this is across all competitions, so bearing in mind some interesting cup games coming up at the weekend, whether it's League, Cup, Europe, when they score, we up the cash amount. And we started it at £1,000. It went up to 1500 after Celtic on Monday, and now Rangers scoring last night. We're already at £1,750, and that's going to build right up until the last day of the season. And then, one of you lot's going to win it. It is that simple You win the lot So for your chance to win Text GOAL to 61025 GOAL to 61025 It's £2 plus your standard message rate Over 18s only Terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com And we're giving you every last second To get as much in the pot as possible The lines close 6pm Scottish Cup final day May the 21st So for your chance to be our winner At the end of the season Text GOAL to 61025 right now 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish Football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly, Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here We started the show with a lot of talking points Because we've got Rangers dropping points We had a penalty not given for Aberdeen One given for Rangers Ryan Kent being sent off A ball moving on the penalty spot We had all sorts there We had Celtic's game on Monday Loads of big talking points from elsewhere And now Alfredo Morelos has gone and got called up for Colombia And will miss the old firm game as well It is a busy night indeed Let's bring in Stephen Who's a Rangers fan from Cran Hill uh, What's on your mind after last night Stephen? Actually Stephen from Knightsbridge Oh sorry my, Is that an insult? I don't really know I just read what's in front oh, of me I- is Aye. it? You gone up in the yeah. world? Have you moved? Yeah, yeah. Hugh Evans called me a social climber. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. I hope you're settling into the Knightswood area. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's fabulous, fabulous. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on to the football. Go for it. <laughs> first things first. That uh, I checked up the rules on FIFA. Okay. If a ball was moving when the ball was kicked at a penalty, it should be a retake. The ball was moving when Lewis Ferguson hit the ball. So uh, it should have been a retake first of all And I, I just want to know what you think here It's actually a, it's a rule in FIFA yeah. We can't argue with a man who's looked up the FIFA rules So what do we think? <laughs> well if that's the rules That's the rules The thing is when the penalty's taken I don't imagine the referee Once it's put down on the spot and he checks it I don't imagine the referee's then looking at 
the, the football. It's not because it's not really something you yeah. expect, is yeah. it? Or you, maybe you showed up there. I don't know, but that was that. I was going to say that because a, a referee's job is to look for encroachment yeah. for anyone that obviously appro- uh, mm. encroaches the yeah. box before the ball's kicked. The linesman's supposed to watch if the goalkeeper's coming off his line. So I don't know who's really there to spot that. <laughs> but that being said, of course it should have been retaken. But it's probably a difficult one to spot. Yeah. I don't. I, mean, I don't overly blame. Mr Clancy for missing that one It was Mr Clancy now is it okay Oh that's the way you, you need called to him worse You heard what you was calling him on me on the phone earlier um, ah, it's, a, it's an interesting one Simon Look if Stephen says he's checked the rules with FIFA Rules are rules right we, Who are we to argue with that it's a, It would have been it would have been harsh on Lewis Ferguson though wouldn't it Because he's well, the is, one that This is my point That gets like impacted by it the disadvantage with a moving ball Is with the penalty taker Surely If you're yeah. running up mm. About to take a penalty And the ball starts moving It's to the disadvantage of the striker But And by the way the, He I did well the, didn't he He yeah. did do well I watched the game I never noticed it I think both managers In their post-match comments Said they both noticed it Straight if, away If the yeah. referee doesn't see it then They can't yeah. make it. They've done well to notice that by the way yeah. I never spotted it at the time Did Did Stephen see it at the time? Stephen? I'll yeah. be honest I thought I, I did as well I'm going to be honest Yeah I thought so Never noticed it Yeah Andy Walker sees it straight away on the on TV On the TV yeah um, And Why 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 was it not retaken The linesman should be looking at that But should he though This is the thing we'll Put it this way When was the last time The ball moved off the spot With the wind Stephen But they're in Aberdeen <laughs> The ball had been moving Alright Yeah I know But penalties get taken In Aberdeen quite a lot oh, I'm, I'm so torn Because I, I, I like to dust off The rule book from time to time So I do sympathise <laughs> with Stephen yeah, but, but just, whose job is that? Come on, Wh- whose job is it to actually look at the ball? Like, yeah. Stephen's saying the linesman, the linesman, as Andy said earlier, is looking to make mm-hmm. sure the goalkeeper doesn't come off the line. Okay, when if we get VAR, that presumably is retaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's totally. But different. hopefully, yeah. it, never, it doesn't come to that. And then he misses it, and then who knows? But it's the rule in it, and the ball, ball moves off the spot, whether it scores or he misses. I'll it, ask you three technicians. I think you were definitely one Simon Don't know about these two uh, If the ball's going to roll You want it to roll towards you though Don't you? I don't, I don't, I don't, want, don't, want, yeah, I I don't want a ball anywhere near me <laughs> on the pitch if, if it rolls away for you It could spell bad I'm sliding I can't, It could be a cruciate I can't believe that uh, That actually started going through my head I thought well at least it rolled towards, towards him You know it's as if you're yeah. running on it right. you, you don't want it to move to the side Listen, A penalty A penalty is a, I actually missed one In that goal Against Aberdeen Did the ball move? Uh, I was yes. of saying yes uh, Hit the post against Jim Leighton I think it was A penalty's hard enough Without the ball moving So it's I go back to what I said a minute ago It makes it harder for Ferguson, Ferguson to score hmm. But if the ref Or the officials don't see it Then they can't give it That uh, makes one of Simon Because I scored a penalty at that stadium And that, that and stands that <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring that up uh, I mean Stephen do you, do you really feel hard done by by that? I mean I know, I know the rules were there Fair enough Good, good on you for checking. Um, but you know Ryan Kent sending off. I think a lot of people are are feeling aggrieved about that. Do you do you genuinely feel upset about the penalty incident? That one. <laughs> no, the ball moving. Sorry, the ball moving. The ball moving. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that should have been a retake. And the Ryan Kent situation was. I don't know. It momentum. I thought. I thought that the referee had a stinker. Personally, should Aberdeen have had a penalty in the first half? Oh aye, definitely. The football, the football doubt, aye. This is interesting because we're not we're not getting the the usual sort of denial that we sometimes but, get, and I like that. That just shows you because people will accuse fans of always being blinkered by their own team or sort yeah, of. Just, we're, think, just, we're just blaming Kevin Clancy for all, everything. I think all three of us have said it in here since the start. No one's saying he was he, he got everything against Rangers or everything mm-hmm. against Aberdeen. It was just you know a lot of 
big talking points he, he got he got wrong but it was more the way the game was officiated in general the biggest thing for me you talked about um, why was that you know, uh, the performance that, that Rangers had what was a big reason for that my biggest thing was how passive they were off the ball they never got close to Aberdeen they allowed Aberdeen to, to build when they wanted play balls over the top when they wanted but we're still talking about Rangers mm. giving away 21 fills and getting 5 bookings uh, it just doesn't add up to me one of the previous callers like I said so many talking points said um, we had a mid, uh, you know, whole midfield missing he said Ryan Jack Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis. Um, now, whilst he's obviously right because they're good players, we keep praising Rangers' strength and depth, don't mm-hmm. we? So we, we, I suppose we have to make sure we're not selective about that. When that midfield lined up last night, it was a debut for James Sands. People excited to see him. Lincoln Marrow, people wax lyrical about yeah. him all the time. Um, and again, as good as Ryan Jack is, it's not like he's been playing yeah. uh, for Rangers. So yeah. was that really as big a factor as the, the previous caller mentioned? Aribo's obviously I think, it, I think it still was a factor because you know I, I agree with you we've, we've talked a lot about their strength and depth but you've mentioned four bodies they're missing for the one position so I think that's going to affect any team in world sure. football but that being said I was actually a bit surprised at the decision to start James Sands and listen I've not seen him I don't see him training every single day but but yeah baptism of fire he's only sort of trained with the squad for, for six or seven days and you know you've got John Lindstrom in the bench there who yep he's not set the set the world alight since he's came to Rangers but I, sh- I think he showed in spells that he it can be a it can be an asset, and I think that if there's any sort of game that's more suited to John Lundstrom, I think it's that he's got legs, he's got power. Mm. I think when the game's a bit more combative, shall we say, in the middle of the pitch, I think it's a game that's suited to him. So, I, listen, I felt for James Sands to be honest. I thought the game sort of passed him and Glen Kamara by throughout the uh, the majority mm. of it, but I think he'll uh, he'll obviously he'll get better and better. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football You've got a choice of three for Beat the Pundit tonight And I think there's a bit of a scale here We've got Simon, who, well we've got Andy who's very good at Beat the Pundit Simon who's pretty good Oh I'm poor And Marvin's not, not so good I've, I've got an excuse though That's Before true. 2016 you know I was, wasn't was concentrating on Scottish football Let me check the questions <laughs> you've, only done it, you've, done it, you've only done it once since uh, uh, it's that you, you, you got it <laughs> No I lost He's I been lost, keeping man. a note I He's been keeping a note I lost heavily Anyway <laughs> We'll kid on <laughs> You might be lucky I, I need to find a three sided point uh, for this I can't wait to see this should be Simon and Andy Because their knowledge is better for Scottish football Do not try and wriggle out of it 0141951 be me 1025 Get your calls in right now Beat the pundits next Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Played one super scoreboard You are spoiled for choice tonight Simon Donnelly Marvin Bartley And Andy Halliday We needed a big team Because we've got a lot of big talking points So pick up the phone And let us know whether it was Pataudry last night What about John Souter last night We'll get to that very soon Celtic fans Maybe some leftover thoughts from um, Monday night uh, and no Alfredo Morelos for this old firm game adding to the list of Celtic players as well so get the calls in we'll do more after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football three big babies in here honestly now naturally we would usually toss the coin but we can't because there's three pundits so we've got a, a mug here which says one lucky mister <laughs> On the front now Producer Callum recently got engaged So I'm going to assume that Was, was that your fiancé that bought you that? It was a gift It was a gift And this is how you treat your gifts You leave them in the In the <laughs> studio for me to draw names out of And the three pundits were pestering me During the news Right come on prove it Prove that all three names are in there Particularly that Bartley Honestly he must be a nightmare In the fourth official's ear all night I can just imagine it Anyway Producer Callum Since it's your mug I'll let you do the The honours 
The three names are in there Let's find out who's playing me. Oh, it's Simon Donnelly yes. Look at the relief on Bartley's face I'm telling you luck, si. I looked at the first four questions You would have got two right I promise okay. uh, Anyway Stuart and Greenock You're up against Simon Donnelly How do you feel about that? A bit better A bit better oh, Wow you say, Stuart? <laughs> He knows Halliday's got a formidable record Don't you Stuart? Yeah <laughs> Exactly He's not daft Stuart knows the way this works Right so uh, We will give Simon some Clyde 2 to listen to so that he doesn't steal the answers You'd rather listen to that than me I think I can hear you over there uh, Stuart, 30 seconds Answer as many as you can And if you don't know, pass quickly, alright? Right, no problem Right, let's go 30 seconds and your time starts now <sighs> Who made their Rangers debut last night against Aberdeen? Which was the first major trophy Brendan Rodgers won at Celtic? Uh, Which MLS side was Christian Ramirez signed from? Pass Name any player who scored two goals last night uh, Charles Cook uh, which SPFL side is nicknamed the Harry Rags? Pass. Name any Scottish Premiership club who've lost their last five league games. Uh, Johnston. And who was the permanent manager of Scotland immediately before Craig Brown? George uh, Burley. Okay, let's bring Simon back. Simon, can you hear us? Yes, I can. I, I'm not one to hang our good friends at Clyde 2 out to dry here but did I hear I want to dance with Jim Duffy again <laughs> what the Houston again because this, happen- was, this happened recently a couple of weeks ago wasn't it uh, yeah uh-huh. someone once planted that I don't know did the Morton fans used to sing that or something I want to dance with Jim Duffy and I can't I can never get out of my head <laughs> a perfectly brilliant song has just been ruined uh, forever uh, by that image right Simon are you ready yes 30 seconds same set of questions to you and your time starts now <sighs> who made their Rangers debut last night against Aberdeen Sands Which was the first major trophy Brendan Rodgers won at Celtic? The League Cup Which MLS side was Christian Ramirez signed from? Uh, I don't know Name any player who scored two goals last night (laughs) Anderson Which which SPFL side are nicknamed the Harry Rags? Patrick Name any Scottish Premiership club who've lost their last five league games St Johnson Okay. What's the verdict, Stuart? I'm not sure. Not sure. Fair enough. I think it was a pretty good game. Uh, let's find out. James Sands, you were both up and running nice and early. You'd have got that one, Marvin. Yep. See? Told you. Uh, Brendan Rogers' first trophy was the League Cup. You both get that. To all good start. Anyone want to go for Christian Ramirez? Atalanta. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Oh, That's what Andy he's, Halliday. He's top of the table. Um, yes, Houston Dynamo. Any player who scored two last night Thank you Stuart for reminding me Reagan Charles Cook <laughs> uh, And you got there eventually Eventually Because the Livy assistant manager Was standing next to you um, You got Bruce Anderson So we still level A good game this uh, The Harry Rags though Stuart That is Partick Thistle So Simon goes one in front uh, The last five games Dundee United Dundee or St Johnston So Simon stays one in front Which means you needed the last one To equalise Stuart Simon didn't get that far who was the permanent manager of Scotland before Craig Brown? It was Andy Roxburgh, I'm afraid. So hard line, Stuart. That's fine. <laughs> good man, you did well. Take it easy. Cheers. Good man, Stuart and Greenock. So good. Who did he go for? Scotland? George Burley. He's just got mixed up. He's got his times all out. I would have been done. You'd have got the first couple, no? Yeah, maybe. See, it helps though because you played for St Johnson, didn't you? And Partick Thistle. And Partick Thistle. That's yeah. what I thought as we were going through them. Always helps. Apparently your face When I said Harry Rags Was quite something Yeah 
Didn't never I? Heard that nah, never ever. That camera that's yeah. trained on you, I'm gonna have to get <laughs> it. To, see, to be honest, mine was like an educated guess. It was actually it's always the Jags, isn't it? Uh, Harry Rags yeah. is no. You can figure it out from there, look, can't you? Uh, you can. Do you know what I mean? So that's a, wow. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I'm wondering how you're feeling about being alongside these two scholars of the game because Andy's decent. Simon just put on a good show because last time you were in here, <sighs> you were on with with Gordon Diel, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've heard about what happened in the aftermath of, of that. No. So w- when you then left, and, and the next time he came in, he was he was fil- singing your praises, and he loved your company, and thought you were a great guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I'll just I'll just play it back for you, right? And I'll, I'll let you know. Go, how it It'll be interesting I, to I, see I, I, if age. Marvin Bartley gets that air job. <laughs> you know what type of advice you would give him? Because you, you and him were in the studio together the other night. Uh, yeah, you got on famously. So, oh, I, I loved Martin. Uh, I'd like that. Third <laughs> Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marvin. <laughs> I apologise, Marvin. Do you know something? This is true, right? Oh, this, this is true. This is true. See, the other night when I was on with him, I was through the booth and. I remember, I don't know how you never picked up, I made the same mistake again. <laughs> I called him Martin. You only, he could do that. He's talking about how well he gets what? on with him. I enjoyed it. And by the way, that is actually true. He said to me the next day, really enjoyed Marvin's company oh. last night, and he's just called him. <laughs> what, what chance have we got with oh, this guy? Not Seriously. Do you know what the worst thing is? My mum called me Martin probably uh, just after Christmas. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you named me? Like, oh, you're letting him off the hook, yeah. You can call it him. Happens. You can call him whatever you like. Believe me, he's he's heard it all. I'm sure. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You've got Simon, Andy, and Martin here to take your calls. Uh, so get them in and let us know what's on your mind. Stevie's a Celtic fan. What are you feeling after the last couple of results, Stevie? Well, that was a surprise last night, to be honest. But um, to be honest, Rangers didn't deserve to win the game. So all the talk about Clancy and Brown is irrelevant. They didn't turn up. Aberdeen deserved to win and they're still getting a draw. But anyway, I want to talk about Selig. Um, obviously, first time anybody's seen the Rio Hatate and Dyson Maeda, or however he pronounces his name. And so we were quite excited to, to, to see that. Uh, and allied and, and to the fact that everybody was desperate to see a game of football you hadn't seen for a couple of weeks, you know. Uh, but no, I'm thrilled. Uh, he looks a really good player and he was actually playing Hatati get man of the match and he was playing central midfield which according to Ange isn't his best position his best position is left midfield so I don't think Alex Ray has to worry about his versatility or anything like that I think the guy will fit in anywhere yeah so, I think he said attacking midfield didn't he he said I think I don't. he didn't specify left did he Simon when Ange Postacoglu was asked uh, not that I'm aware of I think actually Hatati started on in that midfield three he started Left side Yeah uh, Of the three yeah. Of the three uh, Callum McGregor was at the, the The deepest of the three With Rogic But I was very impressed The other night with him uh, Can see a pass Can Turn a pace To get away from somebody Had a shot on goal he, The 45 The first 45 Were really impressive I think he kind of Ran out of steam In the second half Which is probably understandable I don't think him and my head Have played a lot of games but a fantastic debut and enough, I think, to suggest that he's going to be a, a really good player for Celtic. Yeah, Marvin, I know you're a big Hibs follower now, mm-hmm. um, adopted. I don't know if you've had the chance to speak to any ex-teammates or, or even having just watched it. What did you make of him? 
Um, I thought it was fantastic. You know, the, the, th- the points that Simon made there about him, most definitely. But one thing that impressed me as well, when you get a good player that's willing to get the ball back, you know, he made a couple of mistakes and misplaced pass. Straight away, he's trying to get it back. His teammates are doing the same thing. He's working ever so hard to get the ball back. And it's very easy to be, not very easy, but it's okay to be good on the ball and all these other things. But that side of his game as well was absolutely fantastic. And you know, if that's a starting point for him, you know, he's going to be a great signing for Celtic if he can keep that up. That's the point, Andy. Starting point. I, I'm not saying he plays now progressively better in every game going forward, <laughs> but it's one thing to put in a performance like that. But to do it on your debut is um, is understandable that Stevie and other Celtic fans were so excited by what they saw. Yeah, and as his manager will probably tell him he set a standard for himself. So yeah. that's the bar he needs to try and set every week, which is going to be difficult for him. But yeah, I, I was going to say pretty similar to Marvin. I thought that you know every time you see players coming from from Asia to British football, you always see how technically gifted they are. But the biggest thing that stood out for me is he seemed like a, someone that will really suit Scottish football. I thought out of possession he was excellent, which has been a, a sort of theme we've spoke about at Celtic for a number of weeks now. I think they're getting better and better out of possession. By in possession, I thought he was very, very positive. I think his first thought was always to pass forward, something that uh, you know his manager obviously clearly likes. And I think there was a number of positive takeaways that Celtic will take. Another big one for me is James Forrest being fit. I think he's always been a, a sort of unsung hero of the Celtic team, and uh, you know it's another another strength of Celtic's ball moving forward. Stevie, I don't think it's any secret. It's pretty obvious the way this city works. If your rivals drop points, you get excited about it. It, it happens. Um, what about last night then and, and in terms of how you How you feel about The four point gap And how confident you are Of clawing it back And all that stuff Well in my head If we want to play that game If Celtic win other games And Rangers win other games And they play each other three times And Celtic win the two games At Parkhead And, and Rangers win the game I brought Rangers will still win the league By a point So You know It's very it's still early I think there's going to be Loads of twists and turns Um I mean, I didn't expect Celtic to drop points at Livingston, St Mirren, Dundee United, but it happened. So you don't know, but four points is certainly more achievable to to catch back than, say, six, you know. Um, But we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited because I'm looking at the way that Celtic play, and it's very fast, and it's a high tempo, especially for the first half. And I'll tell you, any team that plays Celtic will need to be like super fit to keep up because it's relentless. As soon as the ball's out of play, Joe Hart's got another one and away we go again. It's like pinball. It's, it's relentless. Marvin, you, you, Marvin's nodding along. You've faced him in a coaching capacity. Andy's faced him on the field. Is that genuine what Stevie says? Are people making too much of this or, or is that something you noticeably experience compared to other teams or other versions of Celtic or whatever? You know, you definitely notice it. Um, if you compare it to you know, other versions of Celtic, you know, 100%, um, straight away the ball goes out and they're trying to throw it straight back in. You know, as, as Stevie said there, Joe Hart gets the ball, it goes off, he gets a goal kick, they're playing straight away because they know that they can perform at that, that level, at that intensity. Mm. You know, they do it in training, you know, you, Players have spoke about Andrew training before and they can do it in a match. It's very difficult to play against them. You don't have a lot of the ball as it is mm-hmm. and also try and play at that tempo. So, no, listen, if they continue to do that, I think that's why the squad's bigger now. He needs more players. You're going to get more muscular injuries because they are training at that sort of intensity. But, you know, if he can keep his players fit, they've got a great chance. Simon, I can't remember the cut-off <clears throat> point, I believe. I'm reliably informed that the reason being, Ange Postacoglu figures if the ball can be in play for X amount of minutes, I can't remember what that that is because it can be notoriously low yeah. in the Scottish Premiership but I think the theory is Celtic try and keep the ball in play for X amount of minutes to give them the, the kind of maximum chance of winning the game 
I certainly think the first forty-five minutes the other night was—I mean, it was—it was rapid. It was intense, intense. They had a little scare just before they got the goal, where I think Nisbet hit the post. Possibly should have done better. Celtic break. Have you been ball. very kind to him there? I wonder. Well, I think it comes across. At the time, I thought, how has he not scored? But I think just the way it went back across the face of the goal and hit the other post. You know, it's. I, I thought even somebody for the rebound. Yep. Uh, it was a, a real scare for Celtic after two or three minutes. But then they, they get to the other side of the, the, the pitch, force Hibbs into a mistake, quick ball in, and Maeda, four minutes into his debut, finds himself you know, in the mm. middle of the box, just having to uh, put it in the net. So it's the first 45 minutes was was hard, but I think it, it, it didn't die second half, but I certainly think Celtic felt you know, the, the result of working that hard in the first 45 minutes. Having said that, if you get into every game and play like that for 45 minutes, they could have been 3 or 4 up. The game could have been wrapped up. At 2-0, there's still a chance of Hibs coming back. Does that remain a disappointment? Or, or, or <coughs> no, sorry, does that become a disappointment? Or is it quite simply, you just win the game, you move on, and think, you're happy with it? I think you've got to say, yeah. the first game back, you win the game, you get three points. But the, the, the first half, I, I think it'd be impossible to keep that intensity up for 90 minutes because they were right at Hibs. Uh, That's presumably why they've signed these players Now I guess you, you do still get injuries But I don't know, on another night Does Kyogo play and then Maeda replaces him And Hitati plays and yeah. then Turnbull and replaces him And, and that, I, that looks good for Celtic moving forward Even Hitati will get stronger You know, he was, as Marv says there And quite rightly, when he lost the ball at times he, he, was, he was everywhere in that first half And I just feel For a guy who looked as if he'd been there For years, yeah. you know, he was very composed He did cover Loads of ground in the first half And I thought You can't keep that up For the, for the, for the mm. 90 Which proved the case Andy Stevie was very Sensible Level headed Which is not always Doesn't always catch on uh, About the situation At the top of the league table And it's fascinating Because I reckon The Celtic fans Who phone in here If you had offered them A four point deficit At this stage They would definitely Have taken it But ultimately Rangers are four points clear And that's, that's where You want to be as well So You can kind of understand Why both would be feeling Sort of, you know, optimistic. Yeah, about it. Yeah, and to because be honest, I still been... feel as if both teams have grounds to improve. Uh, I think Stevie touched on points that Celtic dropped that they'll feel as if they've got uh, that they got away from. Them. I think Rangers will feel the same. And uh, I think he's right in saying that the three old firm games will be massive. Uh, but I do always feel as if the league's always decided about what team's better um, beating the rest of the league. So I still think there's there's plenty of points to play for. Plenty of points will be dropped from now to the end of the season, but. It certainly seems as if the title race is going to go down mm. to the wire this year. Stevie, we still don't really know um, about Kyogo and how long it will be. You know, the, the longer these things rumble on, you start to hear whispers that, that he's going to be out for longer and longer. What do you make of that situation? And of course, we've got this Rangers game coming up with numerous players missing by the looks of it. I'm trying to predict that same scenario before the cup final. And you know what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> So you never know. Um, can I just say one more thing? I actually uh, I meant to say this and I forgot. Uh, I thought Carol Starfelt had probably his best game in the Celtic jersey the other night. It was, it was really good the other night there. Best, the best I've seen him. Mm. Yeah, I'll put that to Simon. It just reminds me, I got someone uh, on Instagram, I think it was, sent me a message, very angry that no one pronounces his name properly. But I thought it was well known that people in Scotland can't say Carl very well. Carl. Carl. Everyone goes for Carol, don't Carol, they? Yeah. Um, someone was very angry about this on Instagram, so I'm <laughs> sorry. We're just we're born this way. Uh, Stevie did a not bad job at it. Um, you were nodding. Agree? I would agree with Stevie. 
uh, very dominant up against Nesbitt most of the night or Nesbitt most of the night and didn't give him much at all when a lot in the air and yeah he's taken a little bit of stick in his infancy here in, in, in Glasgow but I think he's maybe settling down now you know he's had that three week period you know taking a break after the first initial part of the season uh, but yeah that was probably his best performance on Monday Thank you to Stevie it's 01419511025 I'll give the guys a full time teaser uh, it was an interesting reception for John Souter last night amongst the Hearts fans if you have any thoughts on that now would be a good time to share them we'll hear from Andy's inside info as well <laughs> Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly, Marvin Bartley, Andy Halliday are here I mean seriously, if you can't come up with the full time teaser between the three of you <laughs> I'll be I'll be worried here because, And I think it's going to be a good combo It's Celtic themed, which will suit Simon But you two will have come up against almost every player on this list So seriously yeah. Between the three of you The crazy pony wants to know Can you name Nine players That have scored on their Celtic debuts Under the most th- Under the three most recent Permanent Celtic managers There's going to be an obvious one to kick you off isn't there Maeda Yes Well done You still in there with the easy one That's me done <laughs> The last three managers Any sort of well known Brendan Rodgers debut Scott Sinclair There we go At Andy's footballing home At Tynecastle There we go You've only got seven to get We'll get we'll get through there I mean it's obviously tough Because you need a pretty good memory Is it start or Does start, start count as a debut? What? The start eh, Sorry this coming off the bench yes, count as a yeah, debut Yeah it would Because Sinclair came off the bench that night didn't he So that's fine Maeda Sinclair Only seven more to get Nine players scored on their Celtic debut uh, Under the most Under the most recent three Permanent managerial regimes Okay uh, By the way Full time at Clyde1.com That's how you submit a question Just like the pony did uh, Tonight um, We're going to speak about John Souter in a second Let's take one more from David Who's a Celtic fan In Johnson After the last two nights Football David How are you feeling? Hi panel um, Hi Gordon Hi um, No I was at Celtic Park On God you're forgetting Monday night Monday yeah. night It was Strange that I game Monday night um, first half was superb uh, We were always going to tail off second half it Actually, in a bizarre way I actually turned into a bit of a training exercise um, For parts of the last uh, Parts of the second half Hibs actually bought possession than us I think they would something like 52 or 48 Which is very unusual um, For domestic teams playing at Celtic Park But it was mostly because What they were doing was They were passing it about From side to side at the back And the Celtics pressed They were then forced to lump the ball up the park Then we would just start attacks again so um, no, it's a strange one because I, uh, I watched the I watched the Aberdeen Rangers game last night. Obviously, being a Celtic fan in the hope that Aberdeen would take something, which they did. Um, and I was, it was actually it was a real, real kind of positive again because I'm looking at it thinking it's interesting when you watch your own team very, very quickly and then watch your rivals within 24 hours. It was just stark, you know. Celtic is the last caller call, uh, said. They're very attack-minded. I think Marvin agreed with it. You know, it's just relentless. Joe Hart gets the ball, and it just it's, it's brilliant to watch. You're actually going to the games, and you can tell everybody's excited. They made a goal in four minutes. It was actually celebrated like a kind of Europa League um, goal, if you like. You know, there's, there's that much, there's that much excitement, you know, and, and optimism floating about. Um, so I, I mean, it's a case of I think the, the young MK 
Don's boys just uh, having his medical today as well, so we're going to add to the squad again. Um, it's, it's it's looking good. It's looking good. Um, and in terms of the in terms, can I have a wee point about the game last night? Yeah, absolutely. Just carry on. Go on. You were on you were on a good flow there. I won't stop you. I do. So the game last night, um, it was interesting hearing the the Rangers fans talk about you know the the decisions and the referee. I mean, listen, the referee was poor last night, right? I mean, it was it was pretty clear that you know the, the Aberdeen should have had the penalty, which would have resulted in Rangers not getting up the part and scoring. It was also clear that Ryan Kent probably shouldn't have been, um, definitely not two yellows. Um, but, you know, we even had, I mean, it's almost as if the, the, the fans that called up earlier on the show were going to, I think they were going to um, blame Yuri Geller for the, the, the penalty, um, the ball getting off the spot. The bottom line is, we were hopeful that Rangers would be caught cold. And it was more Rangers character, I found, you know, and I'm watching it thinking, would that have been allowed against, you know, would, would that kind of performance for Rangers been allowed you know, under a Rangers manager that had been there for a couple of years, you know, they just Rangers just looked a wee bit as if they were they were caught cold after after the break, and played right into Aberdeen's hands. And you know, just the last thing about Scott Brown, Scott Brown, you know, tw- I think twenty two trophies for Celtic, twelve in a row, quadruple treble. You know, that's what he does. He annoys the living daylights out of the opposition. What do you mean, though? What do you mean, David, you know, with, with that performance of, of being allowed? I mean, you, you get off nights, don't you? Celtic have had a couple this season. It, you wouldn't then phone up the next day and say, you know, I can't believe Ange Postacoglu allowed that performance. I mean, Rangers have lost one, was it one in 60? Four points clear, yes, it was an off night, but what do you mean by, you know, that performance wouldn't have been allowed under previous managers? That must be a bit strong, surely. Well, I know what you're saying. I was critical of Postacoglu. I mean, I came out of the St. Martin game. Um, I go to as many games as I can, away games as well. Obviously, I'm, I'm seasoned, I get older. I came out of the St. Martin game and I was not happy with Postacoglu that night, believe me. Um, however, it's his first year in the job. So, you know, next year, if we were dropping points at Livingston, <laughs> you know, sorry, Martin, and St. Murren, I'd probably <laughs> going, wow. I would, I would probably be going. Wow. I'd probably be saying to myself, right, come on, you need to learn for this. Yeah, you but it's, to, it's Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's first couple of months in the job. That's what I'm saying. So we, so we thought he might be caught cold, mm, and it wouldn't, right, okay. necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily have happened under Gerard in his third season, you know, things like that. But um, you know, Rangers, Celtic, and Rangers have Rangers have actually only gained one more point against the rest. So the, the four point gap is because Rangers won that first derby. So it's very, very tight and much tighter than anybody would have thought it was going to be. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, four points is four points, though, isn't it? No matter how they're won or lost or where. Or, but I, I get, I get where David's coming from. Yeah, yeah, but like you said, four points is four points. Like the, the point about you know, would it have been accepted by the managers? Ma- manager, like you put the players out there, then it's out of your control. We're talking to like Aberdeen or a League Two team, by the way. It's such a difficult vein to go to. Simon said it earlier. It's such a difficult place to go and play. And you know, they're, they're not going to roll over and just you know uh, allow Rangers to beat them. Yeah, Scott Brown does what he does. Like it's it's a difficult place to go. I think we're making a mountain out of a molehill. If I'm honest, you know. Rangers and Celtic are both can drop points between now and the end of the season. That's just football. It's everybody's cup final when you play against them. It's a difficult venue. They've got to draw. You know, people said they didn't play well. I haven't watched the whole game, mm. but you've drawn the game. You've not lost. So, you know, I just think, just move on. I feel like some people, not everyone, some people, Andy, mm. were looking at the six-point gap and then discussing the old firm game as if they would go into it with a six-point gap. And by mm. the way, they might, I don't know, might return to that or, or whatever, but that, that kind of misses the, the point because there's so many... Tough fixtures in between 
Should we be expecting more twists and turns? Do we do we overlook these games sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Marvin's right, <clears throat> Patoja is an extremely tough place to go. But to be honest, I think any away ground that Rangers and Celtic are going to go to this year, it's going to be difficult. And, uh, you know, David mentioned it. And Marvin knows as better as anyone. Livingston's record against Celtic over the last two or three years has been exceptional. And you're talking about Livingston being, no offence, Marvin, but eight, eighth in the table. So that should You're getting a hard time that yeah, sh- No but that should on paper Get sacked <laughs> That should on paper Be a ground that Rangers and Celtic Go to and, mm-hmm. and win Convincingly <laughs> But it's been a difficult venue For the, the two clubs Over the last number of years it's not just so. away from home Is it this season well, Exactly The power of the AstroTurf At home though eh yep. I don't like it It's the Astros fault isn't it? <laughs> um, Just something else David mentioned He covered a lot of Interesting ground Celtic do look To be getting closer uh, To signing Matt O'Reilly From MK Dons Ex-Fulham midfielder Talking about a fee of one and a half million Whilst I'm sure he's, he's a He's a very Good player Or Celtic will hope Interesting to see the makeup of the midfield Simon Because there was the Riley McGree <coughs> thing that fell through So Ange Postacoglu clearly wants one more in an area yeah. Or to most mere mortals like me and, and people who phone We've got A situation where Celtic have good numbers in there Yeah Yeah and some strong Players You know McGregor Rogic uh, Turnbull before he got injured uh, they, they have been strong in the midfield but again it goes back to what we've been talking about for the start of the season about Rangers having the strongest squad this is Angie's second transfer window and he wants to bolster the squad and give himself options he's brought the three Japanese lads in two of the midfielders if he gets this lad in from NK Dons it's another midfielder but listen you can't have enough good players and it's healthy competition and always at clubs like Celtic and Rangers, you know, you have to fight for your jersey or somebody will take it. And it's it's just looking... I haven't seen the, the lad from MK Dons, but it's mm. looking strong. The Japanese boys are strengthening it uh, without doubt. And it's going to be a real fight for places in the middle of the park for Celtic. Andy, you do seem to remember this player um, from years gone by you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, Matt O'Reilly, I remember he broke through film. I think it was at the age of 16 or 17 He was seen as, uh, as if he was very, very highly rated Maybe he's, I think he's played for, for England at uh, a lot of youth levels And it seems as if his career sort of stagnated for a couple of years But you know, Marvin checked up at the, the last break as well Seems as if he's had a great year at MK Don, scored a few goals So, listen, I'm sure Ange Postacoglu has done a lot of research, uh, research I mentioned it last week I'm, To be honest, I'm still a bit slightly baffled at how much he's prioritising a midfielder because I do feel as if that's an area of the pitch where Celtic are very very strong but like Simon says it will certainly create a lot of healthy competition for places yeah no I, I definitely agree you've got Sorrow as well he's not even in the squads at the moment McCarthy's on the, on the bench it's, Beaton uh, who for most Beaton, Celtic fans yeah. who phone in have been quite impressed with him yeah. in the yeah. times he's played recently so there must be players going out as well you know you're not going to be able to keep eight centre midfielders happy um, I know they've got a lot of games and you know they're still in Europe but you can't keep eight centre midfielders happy um, especially when Turnbull and McGregor, you expect those two to play when fit. So it leaves one place, you know, for the rest. And like you said, Beaton's done really, really well. But, you know, as Simon said, you're at a big club. You know, you have to expect it. Um, and, you know, I think I think Matt, if he does come in, will do very, really well there. Thanks, David. 01419511025. Any more jumping out on that teaser? The debutant scorers for Celtic. I've got a couple of, well, questionable ones. Ayeti? Yes. Paradise. And I've got one that I've clutched for... Pulled out for nowhere Misonda No Is that not his debut? He's not on the list That's all you need to know Paddy Roberts? <laughs> no Edward 
Yes, Hamilton Aki's away, I think, and I don't know. I just, just stab it that, that, that many goals. <laughs> yeah. A cold Friday night, because I remember working at it and being freezing, and they think he was in on loan. Anyway, there we go. Uh, we'll get the rest of them before the end. Let's hear from Robbie Nielsen. He's praising John Souter's performance and character after being booed by his own fans last night. The Hearts boss says <coughs> all the focus should be on getting as close to the top of the table as possible. John's a strong, strong character mentally. You know, John's come back. Three career-threatening injuries, three Achilles ruptures. You know, I, I don't really know that like, two or three people have come back for a single Achilles rupture. Never mind three. So you know that he's mentally he's very, very strong, and you know he can blank the, the background noise out and just go on with the game. And I thought he played very well today. You know, the, I said all along that the, the club is always bigger than any individual, whether it be player, coach, manager, and the focus has always got to be about progressing the club to go forward. You know, about three points and about. You know, European qualification is about winning cups. You know, and that that's quite a bit of, you know, the end goal for us all. Quite focus on what's best mm. for the club. And what's best for the club is winning football matches and putting the best team we can out to win football matches. Because the more we win, the more successful we'll be. We get into Europe. You know, the club can then push forward from there. You know, at this moment, I think we're eight clear in, in third place. You know, the aim for us now is got to try and be up the way. We're nine behind Celtic. Andy, what was it like to be a part of that? As a player last night I mean you were delighted With the win And the three points You mentioned that earlier It's obviously not easy So what was it like To be part of I mean I think It was probably Going to be expected I think John Sutton himself Probably expected Some um, some unhappy punters in the, in the stand last night But I've got to say For maybe the 1,000 that booed There was 5,000 that clapped Every single time He touched the ball But the nature of the of the beast That boos always out uh, Out noise the clap So I, I think the uh, the manager touched on it perfectly there. If there was any doubts over his mental capacity for a boy that's overcome three ruptured uh, Achilles injuries, battled his way back into the Scotland squad after six years, I think that summed his character up perfectly last night. For for uh, like I said, there maybe the a thousand or so that booed him every time that he, he touched the ball. He certainly didn't let him uh, let it affect him, and he, do, he did everything he could to get uh, three points for Hearts last night, which ultimately is the most important thing for him right now. What's it like? Because it, it obviously doesn't happen that often. It's a fairly unique situation. Do, does anyone acknowledge it? Do, do you speak to him about it? Does it just go unmentioned? How, how does it play out? I don't think anyone would be mentioning it to him. I think he's uh, he'll probably deal with it in his own way. I think he'll feel disappointed, but at the same time, I think he'll probably understand the uh, the frustrations of the football club. But listen, he's earned his move. He's not the first person that's left Hibs Hearts, Aberdeen, Dundee United, Command at Livingston to go to the old firm. He certainly won't be the last. Uh, but ultimately, he's got a job to do for Hearts from now to the end of the season. I think the club will outweigh the possibilities. I, I think the you know the lucrative possibility of finishing third and getting in Europe for the club's massive. Yeah. So uh, for, for John Souter to leave before the end of the season It's going to be a financial benefit to Hearts Does I think John Souter can call up and correct me right Because I'm, I'm pretty sure every player who ever signs a pre-contract Wants to go then So mm-hmm. I don't think I'm being unfair in suggesting That John Souter probably if he had his way Would, would go to Rangers now um, Is that Though I take it he's showing no signs of that, and it's just been no. the same old and just carry on. I've I, I played with players that have signed pre contracts and, and done everything they can to force it out as soon as possible by refusing to play, refusing to train, and ultimately that leads to them getting fined and training with the kids until whatever gets sorted last night. And John Sutter could have done that before mm-hmm. the game last night, he could have refused to play. He, you know, he, he doesn't want to get injured and, and try to force the move this window, but that wasn't the case. And like I said, if you watched the game last night, it certainly didn't look as if he was anything mm-hmm. but committed to, uh, to Hearts Football Club. but there's still what mm. ten over ten days from now to the end of the window, so whatever happens is going to play out. 
but uh, you know, from, from our point of view, we want him to stay as long as possible to help us achieve what we're, we're trying to achieve. Just out of curiosity, does Rangers dropping points last night do anything for their desire to to make this happen sooner? No, I think you know the desire that they had when signing John on the pre-contract would, would still be there. You know, whether they'd have won last night, lost last night, it doesn't make any difference. If they want him in the building now, um, and they can agree a, a fee with Hearts, which I think they'll tr- they'll try and do. I think they'll be silly not to. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, he'll improve them. And I think, you know, the sooner you can get him in the door, the better. Obviously, Andy doesn't want to hear that. Um, but their desire won't change at all. You know, they'll be working extremely hard between now and the end of the window to make John a Rangers player before before February. You don't think this steps up in any way? It's just stay at the, the sort of same situation? I don't, I don't think so. Listen, they signed John the pre-contract because they could. And I think if they have their way, they'll try and get him in this mm. window. And I think that's going to continue from now to the, the end of the window. But like I said, it's got to be a financial benefit to Hearts. We want to finish third and, and we've got a better chance of doing that with John Suter still in the squad. Right, that's all well and good. But a serious accusation about you has come across my <laughs> desk. <laughs> and um, I think it's important for the integrity of Scottish <laughs> football that we get it out there in the open. So we put a clip on social media from last week's show with you talking about John Souter and how good a player he is and Brian, a tweeter by the name of Brian, um, has responded to it. And now let me find it. He's said that oh, why have I just lost it right at the key moment? I've broken the momentum. He said that Andy Halliday is the mole in the Hearts team. A guy I know from Kerstorfen is pals with one of the Hearts staff and he says Halliday is leaking information from Jambo dressers, dressing rooms I assume, and you were pivotal in getting Rangers one of his own club's players. Wonder if he heard that for his neighbour's dog's friend for nursery that Agent went to school Andy. with his auntie. Must be uh, it's not, is, it, is that a denial? Oh, I think it's pretty clear to say it's untrue, yeah. On commission. The life uh, of it, honestly. I don't know how many of are on social media, but some of the stuff that he yells just... He's gone a bit red, Brian. I don't know. I, I, think he's, I think he's been honest. Right, OK, before we move on, let me run this past you. Clyde One. Super Scoreboard. Golden Goals. We launched it this week Hopefully you've heard about it If you've not I don't know where on earth you've been It's a brand new competition On Clyde One Super Scoreboard You could win a huge cash prize At the end of the season Depending on how many goals Celtic or Rangers score Between now and then How good does that sound? A bit of extra interest Into the the games at the weekend So every time Celtic or Rangers score We're going to add at least £250 into the pot Across all competitions Every one of them Whenever they score We up the cash amount, we started it on Monday, we put £1,000 in to begin with, Celtic scored twice, then Rangers scored, so we're up at 1750 already, and that's going to build every single goal until the end of the season. So for your chance to win every penny of this huge tax-free prize, text GOAL to 61025, G-O-A-L to 61025, it's £2, plus your standard message rate, over 18s only. Terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com And we're going to close at Scottish Cup final day 21st of May at 6pm So text GOAL to 61025 For your chance to win Number 1 for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Into the final part of a very busy show Marvin Bartley, Andy Halliday, Simon Donnelly All here on the teaser We're looking for the 9 names The 9 players that scored on their Celtic debut under the three most recent permanent managerial regimes Maeda from the other night You've got a Yeti You've got Edward and Sinclair Andy, I think you got one during the break uh, Bada Yes, he did it this season as well Any more? Rogic 
No So we're not going back that far What I will tell you Sinclair is the furthest back Dembele No nope. Dembele The other two who did it In the Brendan Rodgers <clears throat> era Were not Major Players if you like They were sort of fringe players Or weren't there for very long Or whatever And there are another couple Who are Defenders Marvin You like You like defences Clean <laughs> um, sheets not goals And they're semi recently One, One's definitely recently Defender Just start naming Recent Celtic defenders As in current It's not It's not Juranovic It's not Starfelt It's not Starfelt Alright Er uh, it's not Greg Taylor either <laughs> My goodness Was it your Carter Vickers? Carter Vickers We got there in the end Yes In his debut I can't remember that either Me neither But he's on the list The crazy <laughs> pony's never wrong right, We'll go. look it up oh, Are you sure? He's been yes. wrong before Yeah he's wrong when I was on there before <laughs> Okay he was wrong once And he apologised <laughs> about that Do you know the thing is He's still He's sending me loads of emails back They're still arguing about that And I just Ah uh, listen For the most part he's right So we'll he's give him He's adamant that you didn't play Alongside Patrick Bamford And you're adamant that you did And well, I just uh, I don't, and I don't care He's doubting Agent Andy How? I know It's because I'm trying to sneak him to Rangers it? <laughs> Carter Vickers scored against Ross County On his debut yeah, There we go That yeah. uh, was an own goal It was an own goal Crazy Yeah <laughs> Sasser's tweeted in and says uh, Would that guy from Kerstorfen on the heart staff Not be the leak Because he's the one that told Kevin It's <laughs> 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 really good point We're on like inception levels of leakage here Right anyway let's bring in Jamie um, He's a Rangers fan in Balak been a bit of a wide range tonight Jamie from Rangers fans real anger about the referee and some people <clears> saying no but forget the ref it's, it's more about our performance how did you feel about last night? Yeah thanks uh, thanks Gordon good evening panel Gordon, Andy, Marvin, Simon yeah, um, look just first thing Andy thanks for your service to my team in the past I uh, really appreciate what you've done for us um, but to answer your question uh, Gordon I think um I'm on just tonight to add a bit of balance, really. You know, I think what I'm hearing tonight is real um, upset and, you know, almost bordering anger uh, around Rangers' performance last night. Um, you know, I think Andy said earlier on, we need to remind ourselves, you know, nine straight wins um, under Gio, um, one league defeat in 60. You know, I'm certainly not throwing the, the, the baby out of the bathwater tonight. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, we've got a rebo away who's probably... I think you might agree has been our best player recently, um, and and we'll manage through that, and you know we'll we'll bring in other players to help us through that. Um, but you know I'm I'm not getting too upset about things. I, I've got full trust in Gio, um, and and I think he'll show that over the course of the season. Um, and and I don't think we should have this knee jerk reaction that that some of my fellow Rangers fans are showing tonight, um, and we should have full confidence in him. Andy, very balanced, very. Pragmatic approach from Jamie Yeah I thought he, he spoke well And it's, it's like you said I think it's very difficult When you're a football fan If your team's just lost a You know A, 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 a drop points When you're mm. When you're in a tight uh, League title race I think it's very 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 easy To get frustrated But like, like Jamie said You need to look at the bigger picture It's been a Almost faultless start To Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uh, Tenure at Rangers um, You know if you asked him to to start nine from nine and get the get the team qualified into Europa League knockout stages, mm. I think you've he's done all, uh, all you can ask. But listen, yesterday was a, the first real blip, not only in in result but performance. <clears throat> but I always think it's important to try and learn when it's uh, when it comes from these these drop points, and I'm sure they'll do that. They've obviously got a uh, a cup tie on Friday night against Stirling Albion, then back to league duty. But I think if they do more than what they've done, they'll be fine. Uh, I do think that 
and I said that earlier I do think they've got a lot of gears to go Rangers are really really do I think Celtic do as well but I don't think there's been any real period this season even though they've just won nine in the trot where Rangers have been at their very very best for a few weeks and I, stu- I do still feel mm. that's that's to come What in particular let's look at some of the, the kind of talking points from last night Jamie in terms of James Sands he came in for his debut what, what did you make of the team and, and perhaps his inclusion? Yeah, Gordon. Look, I, I, I was quite surprised. I, saw, I guess you know when I saw the team selection last night. Um, you know, there's lots of you know kind of midfielders around, albeit we're missing many um, that that perhaps had done enough to to, to get themselves into that starting eleven. Um, I think for me though, is and I need to take confidence in my manager and my team um, that he's seen them every day in training. Um, and I think someone referenced that earlier on. So, you know, James Sands has been seen, um, you know, up close and personal, if you like, you know, in the seven days that he's had or whatever. And, and you know, I, I've got trust in my manager. And, and I think, you know, he's paid to make the decisions. Um, you know, I appreciate Andy saying there, you know, fans sometimes, um, I think sometimes we feel as if we know more than we do, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, that guy's paid a lot of money to make those decisions. And I didn't think he put much wrong. Gordon, I think he didn't put um, too much wrong. Uh, I, I think he'll grow in stature. He's obviously comes with a decent pedigree, having played for New York City, um, who are top of the top of the the, the, the league over there. Um, I, and I've got every confidence that we'll coach him and we'll develop him to be the player that we want him to be. So um, I, I've no real concerns with, with the boy, to be honest. Whether it's un- until Joribo comes back or, or more generally, Andy, is there still a is there still a spot there that that, that someone can come in and nail down, or, or maybe even Giovanni van Bronckhurst addresses in the window? We keep hearing rumours about mm-hmm. you know a wide player, a winger. There's always a few names. Scott Wright, it, you know, again a quiet game last night. Fashion Sakala. I see a lot of Rangers fans saying they feel he deserves more of a chance. He he comes off the bench. Is there, is there still something to be added or, or cemented at least in that attacking area? I think there's a number of players that can potentially try and fit in that role until Joe Aribo's come back uh, comes back. But let's be honest, I, I think that's Joe Aribo's yep. shirt from now to the end of the season. I think he's earned that. But I think Kamal Roof someday can be uh, suited into that position as well. But I look at it last <coughs> night, uh, Jamie referenced it and I, I referenced it earlier. I thought it was a real baptism of fire. I think James Sand comes into the deep end. But you're looking at the likes of Bakuna who's came in at the start of the season, not really featured. That's his position. So I, I don't know Is that is it sort of The beginning of the end Of his tenure at Rangers I'm not too sure But John Lundstrom came on last John night You've Lundstrom, seen a lot of speculation yeah. About his future and, and, and to me John Lundstrom's a funny one Because oh, First things first He was obviously Stephen Gerrard's <coughs> signings But, uh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think He started great uh, uh, at the start of the season for Rangers but I felt as if he came into, uh, came into a game in a number of games I actually thought his best performance came against us at Ibrox at the start of the season thought he had a number of games where he, where he played really well Dun- I think Dundee away was another one and he's not really been seen since then so it's a strange mm. one and it's like I said I actually thought that they, that game just last night is probably a game that's that suited to John Lundstrom mm. but that being said obviously Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has signed James Sands is going yeah. to put a lot of trust into him but it was almost as if he was flinging it at the deep end. But listen, it's not easy when the rest of the team's not at it the, uh, the way they normally are. Yeah, I don't think anyone needs to worry, Marvin. Even I'm not mad enough to suggest that Joe Rebo doesn't play for for this Rangers yeah. team the way he's played this season. Um, and yes, Kamar Roof and so on. It, it just feels hard at the moment, until the window closes, maybe to shake the the, the feeling that maybe maybe a, a, a traditional winger, if you like, is something that, that the manager might want. 
Yeah, I'm sure the manager will, will be looking at it. Um, you know, I, f- I feel so- slightly sorry for Scott Wright because it's very difficult to come in and out of the team. You know, as a winger, they're, they're confidence players, you know, more than, than, than many others. And, you know, one minute he's in the team, then he's out, then he's coming on a sub. So it's very difficult for him to, you know, kind of find his stride. But I, I think they'll be looking for a traditional right winger. You know, sometimes Hadji's higher up or Aribo plays there. I personally think Aribo's best when he's, when he's in midfield coming from slightly deeper. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I, I definitely agree with Andy that he's been Rangers' best player this season. I think, you know, if they could, you know, sign one player and out and out right wing, I think would improve that, that team definitely and give them a different option. Thank you very much. Jamie uh, Grant says, as a Rangers fan hiding in the home end at Pataudry last night, the second <laughs> half, Aberdeen deserved the win. I took some stick at work today, but we carry on. Uh, he says, very honest. I won't read his surname out, get him in too much trouble. Um, right, just before we go then, we, we genuinely could have extended this or so much that we've not even touched on yet. You can argue amongst yourselves, was it Livy, Hearts or Ross County who had the result of the evening? Livy I'll go Ross County to be honest Wow Yeah I'll go Ross County There's no one here from Ross County You've got to go Livy What's going on? (laughs) Well I said I thought Obviously I I thought yourselves was a a massive win But come on You're not waiting for that relegation zone just now You don't need to worry about that By the way good results for Livy St Mirren should have mentioned yeah, St Mirren well St Mirren first one in 12 so yeah. I, they're probably unlucky so any, anyone but Livy yeah. basically Andy yeah cheers mate <laughs> yeah perfect I hate to say it but I'm, you know from the comfort of my couch when Livy, uh, Ross County went down to 10 men and Motherwell were level did not see a 3-1 uh, defeat coming so it's it's uh, a few teams really benefited last night didn't they when you look at in Hearts Andy would, would be one of them because <clears> yeah. Aberdeen got a, a point fine a good point you know but Hibs lost Motherwell lost uh, Dundee United lost So it was a good night for Hearts Good night for Livy yeah. Good nights for lots of you Yeah I always feel as I mentioned this a few weeks ago I always feel as if That December, January period Where you start to see a bit of A bit of leeway in between positions There's but a, wee, there'll be a gap now at the bottom isn't Yeah there? definitely but, but I think from Dundee and St Johnson Yeah but from from our From our point of view We're under no illusions I think when you look at our February fixture list We've got five games Four of them away from home You've got Celtic You've got Rangers You've got Hibs away so we've got a lot of tough fixtures coming up, but we're certainly in a, a good position right now, but certainly a long way to go. OK, let's round off this teaser. Nine players who scored on their Celtic debuts under the three most recent permanent managers, Maeda, Abada, Carter Vickers, Ayeti, Edward Sinclair. couple more to go. Oh, don't like that silence. Another defender, did you say? Yes. Should remember this one, because he wasn't brought in to score goals, but he managed it quite well at the start. And then it was the other side of his game that sort of got Julian spoken about. No, nope. I've got nothing. A much more drastic today, example. Oh, oh they got holiday. Shane Duffy. Duffy. Oh, Duffy yeah. Remember the guy that was braiding Diego Axel's hair at the that, side of the pool, or so <laughs> the allegation Ross, goes Ross, on Ross this. County away? Did it twice, I think. Didn't it? His first two games. I was in the studio. Where yeah, it was yeah. one of my first weekend. Right, two more. Breaking news. Hugh Evans has texted I don't even know how he managed it But Hugh Evans <laughs> has got One of the ones you're looking for An incredible shout And you know he didn't Google it So He's American Didn't didn't see him too much He was injured And he was, he was alright actually In flashes Famous father Oh Weir George George Weir Yeah Timothy oh, Weir Timothy Weir, Timothy Weir. Yeah. And who was the guy that When he was signed Brendan Rodgers said Something like Don't know anything about him Don't know why we've signed Another winger Remember that? <laughs> what? Did he? I've maybe exaggerated. You just made that up. No, no, no. He, he, he did say like, "Don't need another winger." Marion Schved. Oh yeah. Schved. Right. Thank you to you three. We're back tomorrow, and we'll see you at six o'clock.